Hey, Steve. Yeah? What's an avocado's favorite video game at an arcade? What? Guacamole. That's bad even for me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 212 of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host, as always, and I am joined this week by Amanda Farrow, the Princess of Power. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. This is episode 212, take two. We recorded a wonderful episode 212 last week, all about board games. <laughs> it was and, so good. And the internet's, well, or technology ate it. Is really what yeah, happened. Technology, ate it. technology yeah, was that's like 100% what happened. Technology was like, boy, bye. And I was like, well, and Thomason tried. The man behind the curtain. Oh, I, bet. I want to tell you guys, the man behind the curtain put in work on this. And eventually he was like, bro, nothing we can do. <laughs> I tried yeah. exporting it separately. I try I tried and it was gone. And so we had a decision to make, Amanda. And by we, I yep. mean I. I said, do we mm-hmm. just do another board game podcast and just record it all over again? Or do we talk about video games? And what I decided was we were just going to skip it and go to video games. Um, largely because um, what we're noticing is in the post-Toy Fair world, lots of companies are just announcing the stuff that was embargoed. So by waiting a couple of weeks, we actually are going to be in a better spot because a bunch of the things that Linda couldn't talk about, they just like keep announcing. Um, so we're just going to see how much of that rolls and then we'll just do it again. Um, it's, I'm into I, it. I think it's like a happy accident. I mean, it's still frustrating because we recorded for like an hour and a half and it was really oh, good. Oh, it was so good. It was fun, but... It's so good, but um, I think it's okay. I think it's going to be okay because I think the content will be better on the back end of this because we're just going to have more stuff, more cool things to talk about. Because I'm going to be real, guys. All the stuff that was embargoed was awesome. They had like no crappy embargoes with like you can't talk about this and it sucked. Everything that was embargoed was really cool stuff. Um, that so, doesn't surprise me. So yeah, um, so we're going to do board games next week. We'll have Linda come on and we will talk a lot about some of the stuff we saw from Toy Fair, and we will play our Pitch Fest game with Amanda. Um, So, since we're talking about video games, this week our big topic is streaming, which is topical, Amanda, because Mm -hmm. today we are recording Tuesday, March 10th, Mario Day. Mario Day. started your um, illustrious career... Um, as a streamer again, because you run Ready Player Mom on Mixer, and so you started I today. I did. Today was my first live stream. Yeah, on the path to greatness. The path to greatness. It was my first. Re- it was my first revival stream for Ready Player Mom because Ready Player Mom has technically been around since 2018, um, but it was so. It it went on so sparingly at Super Parent that I'm like. You know, I went to Brandy and I said, hey, B, how would you feel about me reviving Ready Player Mom? And she's like, you know what? That's your thing. No one can touch that except you. So you go for it. You do what you do. So That was awfully nice of her. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, what was she going to say? <laughs> Still. She would just be supportive anyway because she's a wonderful human being. It so. does sound like that. I'm really, she uh- really is. At some point, you need to introduce me to her when um, she and I are at a convention that is um, not that, that actually happens. Yeah, like it'd be nice to meet her at a convention that that I both attend and is not canceled. So you started streaming today. You're on the quest to, to knock down Ninja on Mixer. Um, And I think you are well on your way. Um, So we're going to talk all about your streaming journey and really just about streaming in general. Because I think there's some misconceptions among parents um, and kids, too. And we'll talk about it. We'll talk about some of the major players. We're going to talk about what it's like to stream, which both of us can talk about as both of us have streamed. And I think we actually have fairly disparate 
um, experiences. And I'll be honest, folks, mine have been mostly negative um, so far. And, and mine have been mostly positive. Which is not how you would expect it if you were thinking of how nope. the internet actually functions. So um, nope. we've had a, we've had an interesting – so we're, we'll talk about that. Um, and But before we do that. Um, let's let's go around the horn, and then we got some little news stuff to talk about, just some fun stuff. Um, so today on your stream, Ready Player Mom on Mixer, you played Nino Kuni: The Wrath of the White Witch on Switch. Tell us about this video game. I did. So the the this is the original Nino Kuni. So there is a second. There's Nino Kuni two which came out on PlayStation 4 last year. I streamed that. I reviewed it. I liked it a lot, but I didn't realize how much better the original Nino Kuni actually was. So Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch originally came out on the Nintendo DS, only in Japan. It was not actually released in the West on DS. It was released on PlayStation 3 instead. We had purchased it, my husband and I purchased it back when we had a PlayStation 3, and it was like a week later, our PlayStation 3 just... Okay. And we never we never got to it. It just, just never happened. So, Level 5 re-released... Or, sorry, re-released the PS3 version on Nintendo Switch. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago. It, had, it couldn't have been that long ago. But I ended up picking it up because I was just really interested in playing it. I liked the second one. I thought it was interesting. It was very like Dragon Quest Builders meets um, Final Fantasy meets what else? It was a very it's very JRPG. All right, so that was Dino Kuni: Wrath of the White Witch. I'm a huge fan of this game. I think this is quietly one of the more underrated games in the last, like, decade. Like, it really is way better than people gave it credit for. And people mm -hmm. did give it, you know, it, it got some noise in small spaces. Okay. But I think it is definitely, you know, it's Pokemon-style gameplay. You're catching monsters. You're doing crazy stuff. Mr. Drippy is kind of obnoxious. But not, like, in a crude kind of way. He's not, like, Beavis and no. Butthead. He's just kind no. of a jerk. He's Welsh. Yeah, he's Welsh. So, so... Do you know, with that what you will. Do with that what you will. No hate for Welsh folks. Love you all. But uh, and at the same time, he's just he's just really straightforward. He's just like, look, stop being such a crybaby. You know, I don't care that your your mom died. It's like what? Yeah. Yeah, it's harsh. Okay. Yeah, okay. harsh. I mean, he's... yeah. But then you find out, like, really early on in the game, oh, it's actually because the whole, like, a lot of people in his world are heartbroken. Like, they yeah. have pieces of their hearts missing and stolen, and that turns them into, like, these zombies. Yeah, so clearly and he doesn't so, like that. No. Don't turn into that. So, don't turn into that. I think that that's where that was, but it was just really clumsy. And I'm just like, oh, this deals with grief in such a complex and interesting way. I really like it. And this guy's slapping you in the bad. head. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I totally get that. Um, okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going to talk about a game that is also wholesome and family-friendly, but in a very different way. I'm going to talk about the current frontrunner for the most obnoxious video game title of the year. Um... Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. That is the longest video game title name I've heard in a while. Yeah. Can you tell it's from Japan? So, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX is... So, this is what it is. It is a remake of a... Like, a top-down, complete remake of two Game Boy Color games from 1995. From back in the back in the day. Wow, I was nine. Damn it. That's a lot. Between you and Jeff on the EFG show, everybody is making me feel old. Um, so You're only kind of old. Like small, all that old. Yeah. Whereas like Mike old is with, really old. I mean, that's facts. That's facts. He's definitely older than me. So, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. How about this? It is a Pokemon where you play as literal Pokemon. Not as a kid 
who is forcing them to battle for him. You are actually playing Pokemon who are Pokemon themselves, which is kind of refreshing because normally that's not how it works. Normally you're a kid who captures them. Um, and there's all sorts of weird ethical stuff that we just don't talk about because we let the nerds on the internet do that. Trust me, I'm sure someone wrote a paper about it. Um, but we don't. Um, so what, what I really like about it is you take a personality test and it assigns a Pokemon to you. Um, and so I took a personality test and it assigned Chikorita to me. And I was like, you know what? That's cool, except for the fact that I want to be a Psyduck. So I said, no thanks, I'll be a Psyduck. Oh. You need um, to be completely neurotic. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Hashtag on brand. So basically you pick a Pokemon and then you pick your partner from a selection of other Pokemon. And then you, the two of you form a rescue team and you basically go into these mystery dungeons, which are just mazes full of Pokemon and treasure, to rescue other Pokemon that are on various levels. And there's a whole bunch of systems, like you can only go so far without food, and you need to eat, and you need, you know, whatever. And there's very simple yeah. combat mechanics. It is... Uh, That's a, what I used to do from Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. From Chocobo yeah. Mystery Dungeon. Yeah, so I, I would be surprised if they aren't kind of the same thing. So, um, it is very simple and I loved every minute of it. Um, my favorite part so far, I'm about two hours in, <clears throat> excuse me, is the art style. It is absolutely gorgeous. It looks like, this is what it looks like. This looks like it was a coloring book that was colored in by someone who has like colored pencils and like really tried hard to color it in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it is so pretty. It is. Um, it looks like a storybook. Uh, the animations are very simple, and that's okay for me. Like I don't need 120 frames per second of animation for Pikachu. Like you can, you can, you can definitely keep it simple. Uh, sure. It is. Uh, all the they layer on a lot of systems, but all of them are kind of easy to grasp, and it is. It has an auto mode, which is my new favorite thing. Basically, you can hit a bumper and you explore the dungeons automatically, and all you have to do is the combat. And let me tell you, that's awesome. So, um, that sounds pretty good. Like, you move through the mazes, and then once you encounter another Pokemon, every time you do a move, other Pokemon in the area move. So, they'll either attack or they'll take a step forward. Um, and so, you have to be careful not to just spam moves. You also want to make it's sure hard. exactly, and you also want to make sure that you're that you surround your opponent whenever possible, because then yeah. all of your Pokemon will attack, and they'll yeah. attack from different moves. Will some of them will attack diagonally, while others will not. It is, um, and and eventually you get this just massive team of like, you know, four or five, maybe even six Pokemon that follow behind you. Right now, I'm keeping it very simple. I have three. <laughs> it's a Psyduck. Well, I actually had three because I had a guest character, but my, my main are two. I have a Psyduck and a Pikachu. Maggie made me choose a Pikachu. It's a girl Pikachu. Okay. Um, that was her decision. She was very disappointed that I did not choose Pikachu as my as me, and I was like, no, i got to be Psyduck. Um, it is, you know, you're buying equipment, you're buying items, you're doing stuff. This is cool, man. I actually am very excited to play more of this as soon as we are done. <laughs> Chocobo Mystery Dungeon, while extremely punishing, is really good for a lot of the yeah. same reasons that you just I, that, you, that you just described. So, if it is the same kind of game as this one, which it sounds like it very much is, I am kind of afraid of Chocobo Mystery Dungeon because I am way more of a Final Fantasy dork than I am a Pokemon dork. And like going down the Final Fantasy mystery dungeon rabbit hole with like various po various Final Fantasy monsters, like I may not be able to stop Amanda. That's it's, really what I'm getting at. It's a lot. Um, but that's okay. I mean, I'm down. But so that's the the one criticism I have is that it you know I, and I, it's I can't really call it a criticism, right? Like it's a remake of two Game Boy games that's older. It's fairly simple. It feels a little simple where it is for a $60 game. 
I understand it is the Switch tax, and that is a thing. And unfortunately, it is a Nintendo-published game, which means it will not be on sale. Um, because Nintendo doesn't drop their prices. Um, but it, this is one of those games that if you... My recommendation for this one, based on my two hours, is if you are a Pokemon house, and you must have everything Pokemon, I think this is going to be a great game. Maybe don't get it now, you know, but... Because there's still DLC coming for Pokemon Sword and Shield. But there will come a time where there is a Pokemon drought. And your kids will have finished the gyms. And they'll be just kind of ready for some more Pokemon. I think this is going to be a great game to grab maybe on Black Friday. Or with a gift card. Or something That's like fair. that. When and, and it'll definitely fill a void. I don't think that it should... Like if, the, if I had to choose between this and a mainline Pokemon game, it would not be close. But I sure. think that this is going to fill a void for a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Also, it's really cute. And also, the game mechanics are awesome. Yeah. They're uh, very engaging. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I'm I'm, I think I'm damning it with faint praise. Um, because, but this is, I'm going to be revisiting this one more. So we'll talk about this in a couple weeks when I do video games again. Uh, and we'll see where my where my journey has come. Maybe this will pry me away from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Probably not. Who am I kidding? I can't stop. Um, that's for another show. Um, so that's Pokemon Mystery Rescue Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX. And now I have another video game I want to talk about. What else did you want to talk about? How about let's talk about? Have you know anything about that Patapon Two Remastered? I know a few things about the Patapon Two. And the Patapon two, re the Patapon two remaster. So Patapon two remastered is a rhythm strategy game, and if you it's think so I'm cool. crazy for saying rhythm and strategy at the same time, I mean I am crazy, but not for those reasons. But if you but if you put rhythm strategy and PlayStation handheld together, that's when people know you're truly insane. Yeah, because in fact, that's where this came from. This was a PSP game that... Um, it was my favorite PSP game. You and Greg Miller. Including Luminous. And I, I loved Luminous. Luminous is, Luminous is good. Um, I never played it because I actually never owned a PSP, believe it or not. It, that was my very first handheld console. I didn't right. own a Game Boy or anything like that because we just we couldn't afford it growing up. So it was like, get something for the whole family or get nothing. So that when I when I got my first job when I was in university, like my first university job um, away on on uh, a co-op term, that's what I spent my first paycheck on. Not a bad decision. Uh, I spent my first real paycheck on a PlayStation. So we have something in common. Um, fist bumps. Uh, fist bumps through the Skype window. So um, Patapon is a rhythm strategy game where you control... Uh, literally, they're, they're called patapons. Um, yeah. And they are these little, like... It's really difficult to describe they're them. They're tiny little warriors. They're tiny little warriors made in this really interesting art style where they're like... An, and it's meant... They're all black. It's like they're drawn with like... They're like a, shadow art. Yeah, it's like shadow art or they're drawn with a very specific marker and they're all like angles and edges and, you know, and they've got like a little eyeball and they just like move around and dance around and they're like this tribe of islanders um they got that kind of aesthetic and the idea is you have the drum yes and so the idea is you play the magic drum to control them and so the drum beats are the buttons on the face of the controller and so you have to play one beat that makes them attack and another beat to have them hide behind their shields and another one to have them back up and like you just keep and you have to like rhythm through it um because you, if you number one you have to continually play on the beat which is different per level which is something it that is. took me a while to learn um because i have no rhythm and so it was a challenge i would imagine that would be very hard then it was this my was husband a, had a hard time with that game too it is very difficult i have no rhythm you should see me play just dance actually you shouldn't it's a nightmare um thing is we're playing just dance together next time that we hang out oh, it's a nightmare it's a nightmare you will probably not want to be friends with me oh, <clears throat> yeah i think you, i think you would reject me as your friend after that i don't think i would but so the idea is you play 
uh, on the beat, but you also have to push the buttons in the correct order. Now, admittedly, that's not that big of a deal, or you think it's not that big of a deal until you're trying to switch back and forth. Because depending on how many times you do the correct button combinations in a row, you get fever mode, which means your guys do more damage, they take less damage, and you're fighting these giant monsters that are slowly attacking your dudes, and you're building an army and giving them equipment. It is way cooler than it has any right to be. I had never played it because I never owned a PSP. It was remastered and released and a podcaster that I listen to, I guess you can't really just call him a podcaster, a, a content creator that I listen to, said, if you play this game and take a picture of the menu screen, I will give you a free retweet. And he has like several million followers. So, of course, I took a picture. I also did take that opportunity to try and convince him to get let me on his show. Um, he didn't. That's okay. I'll, Such I'll, a sweet person, though. I know. Oh, I know. This is not... That was not being negative. I shot my shot, but I'll do it again. Um, I tried. Um, and so I paid for this game, and I was like, well, I guess I got to play it now. And I am really enjoying it. And so are uh, so is my middle son who has tried this. He definitely likes it. Um, my wife enjoys watching behind it. Um, would you believe that the only way I can play this game is standing up? You know, that doesn't surprise me, though. If you don't have a lot of rhythm, then I can imagine that, like, wiggling your body to the rhythm makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. The good news is that you don't have to use the directional buttons. You literally no. are just using the face buttons it's, on your PlayStation controller. It's side-scrolling. So yeah. all you got to do is just send your dudes in a Patapon-like direction. And the, the, the thing that I've always loved about all of the Patapon games, because there's three of them. Yep. The thing that I've always loved about them is that... Even though it should be a lot grindier, it should feel like it's much grindier than it is. Mm -hmm. um, because, I mean, like, oh, some of the levels are kind of similar to each other. It's just like the the rhythm gets stuck in your head where you're constantly saying to yourself, like, pat a pat a pat a pawn, 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 pat a pawn. And, like, you're just like, you're, it's like you, like, move your whole life to the pat a pawn rhythm. <laughs> um... It's like yeah. when you play too much Tetris 99. Yeah. You just, you can't stop. It definitely sucks you in. It's, it is, so this is certainly, um, from what I, what I would definitely recommend for anyone that is interested in this game, here's what I would say. Um, look up a YouTube video and you will know if this game is for you in a minute, maybe less. Ignoring the part where the, the YouTuber starts and introduces themselves and tells you to like and share and subscribe. Get into the actual gameplay, a minute of actual gameplay, and you'll know if this is for you. I think that's one of the advantages. Of this. You know, There's some games that you just don't know unless you put your hands on the sticks. You will know if this game is for you. It's true. Um, and if you like rhythm, if you have rhythm... Um, and there's a, there's a strategy element to it. I think there's a little bit of a puzzle element too, because you got to figure out what the enemies are doing. Um, and you know, it, it is way more fun than it should be, and it's under twenty bucks. Yeah, it's one of the other kind of hidden advantages to this one. If you're just mm -hmm. you know, if you're a PlayStation gamer and you're you know, you're just looking for something to do on a weekend, maybe you're just you know, maybe it's raining out and you, you, your plans got canceled, um, and the kids are you know not pleased. Grab this one, because it's also fun to kind of play it. You can pass the controller. It's a neat little shared experience. And this is one where you can spend 15 bucks. And even if you only play it for a night and don't finish it, you can still have a fun evening. But I all but guarantee that you will come back and play that game. So that is Patapon 2 Remastered. Also really pretty for what it is. Yes, it the really is. Bright colors, except for the Patapons, because they're all black. But they're really sharp, cool black. You'll get it. You'll know what I'm saying. It's highly, it's highly stylized. It really does feel like it's just shadow art, and that I think makes it even cooler. Yeah. So, so that's around the horn. We played some cool games this week, and we did. You're going to be playing even more cool games by nature of the fact that part of your job is playing new cool games every week. It's true. New and old, really. New I'm and cleaning old. Out my I'm cleaning out my backlog. Um, the true advantage to being a streamer. It's like you had a plan. Um, <laughs> says the guy who was going to stream World of Warcraft. Um, so, let's take a brief moment. 
and then we'll come back, and we've got like some funny news stuff that we're going to talk about. I think we're going to talk about it only so that when we're wrong, we can laugh about it. So we'll be right back in a minute, folks. everybody, this is Steve, I'm the host. If you like listening to this podcast, you probably like some of our other content too. You can find that all over social media, so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engagedfamilygaming. Perhaps you might like to see some stuff on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash E-F-G-A-M-I-N-G, or maybe you just want to head on over to Instagram and look for Engaged Family Gaming there. See you later guys, bye now. All right, everybody, we're back. Amanda, Princess of Power. Yes. Today is Mario Day. It really is. And by Mario Day, folks, I mean March 10th. So if you put M-A-R-1-0 next to each other, it looks like Mario. Um, Fun fact, I recorded two podcasts already today, one on the way to work and one on the way home. I went through, uh, on the way to work, I talked about my five favorite Mario platforming games. Would you like to take a guess as to what is my favorite Mario platformer of all time? Uh, no, I don't. Um, cool. There's so many. There There's are so many. So many. many. So many. Get You're rolling dice. Um, it's Super Mario World is the number one. I'll let everybody else figure out the rest. Um, and then on the way home, well, I mean, I can't give, I can't give away all the content. You gotta listen to oh, the no, podcast. Um, that's how this game works, folks. It's called a tease. Um, however, uh, on the way home, I did my favorite Mario games that are not platformers. And by Mario game that are not platformers, I mean games where Mario makes a significant appearance. And or has Mario in the title. Um, my okay. number my number three, mm-hmm. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Because Mario is in that video game. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. Two of the other games on that are on the Nintendo 64. So... Everybody go to the podcast feed, which, funny, you're already in it if you're listening to this, and uh, listen to those two daily commutes. You'll know that which ones they are because the cover art was drawn by my daughter. Yay, Team Maggie. Um, another fun plug. If you happen to be on the Instagram, folks, I would encourage you to throw a follow to Artfully Played. As that is my uh, second son's illustration-only Instagram channel. He started it today. So he said to me the other day, Dad, I want to do drawings on Instagram. And I was like, well, you can't really use Instagram. You're kind of young and I don't want you seeing you know, the stuff. And he's like, what if you just post the pictures for me, Dad? I want to start building an audience now and I may as well get started. And I said... You know what, kid? I like th- I like the cut of your jib. So if you look up artfully played, that is him. Um, I just followed him. Oh, he has three followers. You're probably the only real person because um, he's only posted one picture. Um, actually, yeah, you and I are the two real people. Um, one of them's a bot. It's fine. So give him a follow um, because he's going to be posting his pictures as he learns to draw better stuff. And his first picture is a pretty good Mario. I like to think. It's going to get there. I like it. I really like it. So that's some of our Mario Day festivities. But you know what? We're not the only people that did some crazy stuff today on Mario Day. You started a stream. I know. I, we, we got a new Instagram channel in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, Lego and Nintendo are collaborating. That's wild. Um, did you ever in a million years think Nintendo and Lego would get together to do anything? Uh, no. I mean, maybe in a because, million years. Like, maybe in a million years. It's not something that's ever really actively been on my mind, though, so I right. don't know. I, I think that when I was young, I wanted there to be, like, I, like I'm today I'm wearing a Super Mario Kart t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So I when I was this age, back in, like, the mid-90s, that's what I wanted. I really wanted Super Mario Kart Legos, and I didn't get that. You did not. 
But that doesn't. That, but now it's all in the air. We don't really know. What's interesting is could be more video games. Could be anything, really. Um. Well, yes. Now here's what's really interesting. On the internets, mm -hmm. one of the original tweets that came out stated that there was going to be more information coming as part of a Nintendo Direct today. Now you and I know there was no there was no Nintendo Direct today. Uh, one no um, Nintendo Direct today. One uh, uh showed uh, <laughs> who is a uh, a Twitter uh, person who, if you like knowing insider crap and want to follow someone who's a person but you have no idea who they are, um, but they're funny. Um, not a bad follow. Um, and bad. this person, um, well, there are worse. Um, but you should follow Wario sixty four first. Definitely the first everyone, one. Everyone, everyone that cares about video games ever, especially if they care about video games and deals, everyone should follow Wario. Um, because he is a machine at finding really good deals. I'm convinced that I really, what I really want to do is go to their house and see what their uh, Google search alerts are, are, because I am certain that it's a series of like codes and like search alerts and all sorts of stuff. They don't do that manually. But anyway, so this Nibelian person shared a pair of tweets, one of them, and then it's and then it was deleted, and then the new one, and it happened very quickly. And the first one referenced the Nintendo Direct that happened to, that was going to happen today. That obviously was canceled, probably for a number of reasons. Um, but now now it's just more details to to come. And the video and it was a short four second video, almost a GIF, but it had sound of what appeared to be like a Legoized Mario with a video screen in his chest. And then it just said Lego and Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario right next to each other. Um, what do you Pretty think? Good. What do you think it is? Do you want to do you want to take a guess? Well, I mean, okay. So, it could be it could be anything. The only the only thing that I'm sensing here is that I don't think that this is necessarily like a standalone Mario but Lego game. I don't think it's that. Because... I'm 100% with you. Yeah, I definitely don't think it's that. I do think that this is probably a cross-licensing thing where it is likely that we will see Nintendo licenses over on Lego. So maybe I'll get my Super Mario Kart. Or content. maybe we'll get Princess Peach's Castle, the Lego set. I mean, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, though. Like, yeah. I think that that's where the licensing is probably going to end up. I think it's going to end up more in the realms of uh, physical spaces versus digital spaces. Although there would be a really interesting opportunity to have Lego characters show up, I don't know. In Smash. In like Smash. Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, this is weird. I mean, weirder things have happened, like Persona 5's Joker. Yeah, that was. That it still shouldn't have happened. Persona 5 isn't even on. Which? Yeah. Um, I keep yeah. waiting. I keep waiting. They're giving me P5R, but they're not yeah. giving me P5R on Switch. Yeah, it's really weird. So, the, oh, you know what? Listen, a Lego dude in Smash would be bananas. Um, so, I agree with you. I think it's not a Lego game because I don't think that would be a big enough announcement. Like, Mario, Lego, like, Lego Super Mario Brothers, like, wouldn't... I don't think that's a big enough announcement for this kind of a partnership. Right? Like, that's neat. But, like, whatever. What, what is this? Super Mario Odyssey? But just, like, you're breaking Lego bricks? Like, it just doesn't... No. That just sounds like a... Like, that is a step back in game design. Um, uh, I know. Because a lot of the, the Lego games are fun, but they're not pushing any gameplay yeah. boundaries. They exactly. did like a long time ago <laughs> although i i have heard good things about the new lego like apparently the new lego game is supposed to be very very good so uh, listen i think the, the the fun for me with lego has always been just experiencing the stupidness through oh. lego yeah. and so like indiana jones like lego indiana jones mm -hmm. lego lord favorite. of the rings oh so good um, There's a lot of nonsense in this yeah, game. Absolutely, and so um, I, I absolutely, my, my hope is that this is Lego sets featuring Nintendo properties, if for nothing else. 
get that Super Mario stuff out of the way. Yeah. Get that out of the way, it's fine. Because I would absolutely love uh, a uh, Legend of Zelda-themed uh, Lego set. Can we have Hyrule Castle? Can that we have? Really cool. Can we have the Temple of Time in in Lego, please? It can't be nearly as frustrating in digital in physical spaces as it is in digital spaces. Probably, right? probably not. I can't imagine that it would be. Oh, you. <laughs> um. So anyway, that that's just a fun little thing that happened today. Obviously, we're yeah. gonna um we are gonna be keeping our eyes on it. So I would. Uh, keep your eyes on our social channels, and I'm sure I will podcast about it as soon as I have more details. Um, so let's get to our real topic. That was just this fun little news thing. Um, not super controversial or consequential. It's just a fun little partnership. I love it when companies work together that have never worked together before. Because um, it's just so fun, and that's super unexpected. But Brand partnerships are fun. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to the real topic, and that is Streaming. Amanda, yeah, you're a big time streamer. Yeah, okay. Ready to you know on your quest to take down Ninja. Yeah, that's 100% what I'm doing. Uh, 100%. Well, big I mean, pro gamer. big pro gamer. Um, yeah. Let's be real. If 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 it happens, you wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad. About, oh no, I actually pro- probably would be mad about it because I'd have a lot of angry people in my mentions, and I don't want that. I don't I mean, want fame. I just want to play video games and connect with people. That's what okay, I care that's about. Fair. That's fair. But the money wouldn't hurt. Um, money wouldn't hurt. Probably wouldn't hurt. Um, brand par- yeah, you know what? Talking about brand partnerships and sponsorship. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't say no to that. Exactly. So, um, and we'll talk about that when we talk in our in the piece of this discussion when we talk about how streamers make money. So, um, Amanda. Yes. Elevator pitch. When I say streaming, what am I talking about? You can be talking about one of two things. You can be talking about streaming video games from the cloud, which is becoming more and more the norm. Yeah, we'll talk about days. that in two, three weeks because you are an expert on that topic also. I really, no, That one I actually am. Cloud gaming is a thing that I am legitimately an expert on because I've written thousands and thousands and thousands of words about it professionally. So, yes, thank you. But when we're talking about in context for... <laughs> what is streaming to the masses Uh we're talking about sitting down in front of your computer with a webcam on or off basically broadcasting your video game yourself you know maybe you're a variety streamer and you you know you sit down and you knit or you draw or you cook those shows are becoming more and more popular Uh um if we think about YouTube really democratizing videos that, like, one-off videos specifically. So they have, like, a, a real beginning, middle, and whatever, usually on, you know, the short side. Streaming is really the next frontier for live television. That's really what we're thinking. That's what we're looking at here. This is where new stars are born. This is where new kinds of entertainment pop up. Um, the big thing in streaming right now is sleep streams. I don't know why, but that's really big right now where, like, you watch people sleep, which is weird. And, yeah. Like, oddly, oddly not. That's not my jam. Uh, but, yeah, to mainstream <laughs> audiences, it's it's all about just broadcasting your experience to an audience. Yeah. So whatever that experience happens to be. It could be video games. could be something else. Absolutely. Um, I think for parents... The, the thing we see a lot of our kids doing is they're watching, you know, th- they're watching video game streamers. At least mine are. And so, yeah, all right. So mine, I have, I have an, I have an older kid. So he's the one that watches the, the live, the live folks. And I actually watch some live streamers. Um, I have watched you. Um, um so I watch some live streamers myself. Like, don't get me wrong. Just because my littlest kids are not allowed to go out and watch streamers or anything like that, it doesn't mean that I don't support the streaming community and especially, like, fellow women streamers and wholesome family streamers and everything like that. Like, I definitely support them. Oh, there are so many, and I love them all. So the... um... And so we are, you know, we're certainly consumers of the content. I think we, we talked about this very briefly before we went and started recording. I think you and I established, 
you know, just through our brainstorming, that there are four big, four big guns in the streaming world. And so yep. just to go over those four, and we'll talk about them at a high level, uh, there is Twitch, which is owned by Amazon. Uh, there is Mixer, which is owned by Microsoft. Uh, there is Facebook, which is owned by dun, 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 Facebook. Uh, and YouTube, who is owned by Google. Um, and so those, there are other smaller streaming sites out there um, that are trying to break in, and you never really know when another one might kind of grow. But these are the four that look like they're in it to stay. And so um, I personally have experience uh, streaming on both Twitch and on Facebook. And you run a show on Mixer. And um, Engage Family Gaming content finds its way to YouTube. However, we really don't do a lot of live content there. It, all of them are different, you know, especially on their back ends. They do different stuff and give streamers different options. But at the end of the day, for consumers, um, you go to a channel and there's a person playing a game and you can communicate with them and their community in a chat window. And then there's some other gadgets and widgets and doohickeys that let you interact with them. But for the most part, the experience is pretty similar. Yeah. Um, at least from, from 10,000 feet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so the, yeah, I mean, I, can we think, can you think of any other like real significant differences between Twitch and Mixer and Facebook and YouTube? I think the one thing for Facebook for me is that you have to log in to your Facebook account in order to comment, which is why I prefer Facebook gaming because I uh, every time I try and stream on Twitch, I am called all sorts of names for playing games with children. That has got to be the weirdest, silliest thing. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, it is, uh, it's not pleasant, which is why I actually don't use Twitch anymore. Um, we use, that's why most of our streaming has been on Facebook and we're trying to figure out another strategy so that when we do start, um, my kids all want us to use Twitch cause that's what they know. And that's their, you know, that's, but I'm like, but every time I go there, <laughs> people say mean things to me. Um, yeah, whereas real. Facebook, you, you can't say mean things to me without me knowing who you are. <laughs> yeah, also true. Um, and there's there's solace in that. Yeah, there is at least a little bit, maybe a tiny mm -hmm. bit. What other different? Are there any other differences between those that you can think of that you know that yes. are all right? So what do you got? So the reason why I use Mixer, one of the biggest reasons why, outside of the community element, because Mixer, I I identify more with the Mixer community than with any other streaming community out there. Um, Microsoft's approach to gaming for everyone is it, it actually it does extend to Mixer and you can see that in their Mixer Academy program you can see that in a lot of the ways that they treat their top streamers um, and even just in the way that they treat the community the the folks that stream on Mixer on a regular basis you know they're just they're so supportive and it's not to say that Twitch isn't um, but the gaming for everyone thing is a is a really big deal at Microsoft, so it definitely extends to Mixer. Additionally, Beam.io, which is what Mixer used to be back in like 2017, before Microsoft purchased them, they had the best streaming technology on the market. The latency, so like the time between when you say something and when your audience hears it, was almost nothing. It was called like, and it's called FTL, so it's it's faster than light whatever like it's their streaming technology and it's exceptional it really is it works exceptionally well i have never had any problems with it if i'm listening to if i'm watching myself streaming over here and i'm actually doing my streaming on my regular monitor it mostly matches up that's awesome so it's amazing like that technology genuinely is amazing and it is the difference between having that real-time communication with your audience versus waiting 10 seconds on some other platforms and being like, eh, does yeah. it really work? Yeah. That is true. It's a little disconcerting when I'm, you know, on Facebook and it's behind, especially if people are, yeah. because the, because the, what's interesting is Facebook, the chat is not. Mm -hmm. Um, so it makes it a little awkward to communicate via, like you can't type in the chat because it's, it throws everything off, so you can only so it, it, it makes it a little awkward. Um, yeah, and I mean the technology. It, I mean it definitely shows right the it, way they work. I mean the, the, the yeah. different technology they use definitely makes it a difference. 
I, I mean, I have enjoyed Mixer. You know, a lot of the the content that I consume is Mixer streams, um, and so I'm comfortable with that interface. And mm-hmm. you know, I just like the soft edge. You know, it's soft edges, and yeah. You know, so, so those are the big ones. So, Amanda, mm-hmm. you're a big time streamer. Yeah. Um, what streamer. is it like to sit behind? You know, to sit in the booth and produce streaming content what's it like so to actually be in the to the act to, to of be streaming a streamer itself? yeah what's it like for you um well i used i used to be an actor back in the day which comes as a surprise to probably zero people yeah definitely not surprised yeah 100 percent not surprised because i'm super comfortable on camera and i'm super comfortable just talking and performing so for me that kind of fills that fills a gap that I've had since I was a teenager and I left acting to go pursue computer science and then move into business and now writing uh-huh. and now business writing and consulting and stuff like that. Um, so for me, this is the, the act of streaming is a combination of getting up on a stage and performing a truth, whether or not that is my truth as a human being or, or my truth is a persona or an extension of who I am, just maybe a little bit more glitzed up and a little bit more, just a little bit more, I guess, on a regular basis. Like the person that I am on this podcast is as close to my human personality IRL as it gets. But my personality on a stream is just a little dialed up because it has to be, you gotta be entertaining and interesting and like you're constantly on, so it's tiring. So for me, I only do streams between um, two and four hours. I know plenty of people that do long, long, long streams. Those are exhausting for me. I have four kids. I, ain't nobody got time for that. Yeah. So, it but streaming really does scratch that acting itch for me, and it creates these. It creates a lot of connections that I've built on Twitter, or I've built on Facebook or Instagram or on these various other platforms, and I'm like, hey guys why don't you all come together and like, let's go hang out in real time and let's go hang out and talk about video games. I've had some incredible experiences, you know, during the extra life stream that Mike and I did. Um, we had a conversation, we had a great conversation around about racism, which was pretty great when talking about life is strange too. Uh, all of the conversations really that I've had on stream about life is strange too has have they've been deep and profound and being able to talk with community members about like hey I know that this is a you know like a kid friendly and teen friendly space and I know this is a rated M game but this game is too important not to play yeah. and it's rated M because it just that's the way the ESRB rolls and that's fine the vast majority of the time the ESRB does get it right and I agree with the ESRB like 95% of the time. I don't necessarily agree that this rated M game needs to only be for 18 plus audiences. I think it's more of like a 15, 16 plus audience for that particular game. So having those conversations as well, like it's just, it's that connective tissue between me being a business writer, me being an actor and a gamer my whole life and merging them together. It's, it's really great, actually. It's tiring, but it's... I feel, just like after you and I sit down and we podcast together, I always feel so much better. I always feel so much better after I'm, I'm done streaming. Even after the 25 hours of streaming that I did with Mike, I felt amazing. Well, good. I, I feel a similar way when I finish um, performing in front of a camera, which is, you know, because I don't stream a lot of games. However, um, there is a microphone in my face several hours a week. <laughs> and um, the, the idea with streaming for me, uh, and the reason I do it, and I suspect... And believe it or not, I think by the time I'm done telling my story, I think our two experiences are probably going to cover just about everybody that does it, right? You know, so you do it because, you know, it's an, an expression, it's an opportunity to kind of make up for some of that, right? You know, that, yeah. But for me, um, it's because I like to share, right? And so for me, uh, I like, I love telling stories about the games that I play. This is why, um, 
when you drive to LARP with me soon, um, and I tell you We're stories. We're going to talk about that. Because uh, I need to pull together LARPing stuff, and you need to help me. I absolutely will. We will talk about it when we are done. Um, but while we're driving, which admittedly is, you know, it's a haul, but we'll do it, and we get to talk. And um, and I love telling stories about my experiences and why I did things and what happened and where and how, etc. right? And so being able to do that about video games is one of the reasons why I podcast, right? I love talking about things and do being able to share that you know there was a while where i was doing this thing daddy downtime which was an evening stream i would play it you know between 10 and 12 at night you know playing world of warcraft and it was just me and you know just it, it ended up just being me and a bunch of like dads just kind of hanging out playing and i was playing world of warcraft and just talking about the experience, and I was playing through older content, so it's not like I was doing, like, raids or whatever. It was just me doing quests and messing around and talking to people, and it was just sharing that experience and being like, hey, I'm bad at video games, but here we are. <laughs> Let's play. That's why I do it and why we'll be getting into it. And I think that the, that kind of runs the gambit. I mean, just about everybody that streams is somewhere on that spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, and the, you know, the Persona thing that you said, right? Like that you're a little bit extra uh, while you're on camera. It's a little more, yeah. It's a little bit more, which is which is saying something. Um, I'm not, did I, oh, come on, that was funny. That was funny. You can, you can my she stuck her tongue at me. She gave me a mom face. Um, it was, I did. Um, it was funny though. It was a cute though. mom face. It was, it was a cute mom Wild face. Um, so the, it's, it, it, that's, it really, there's thousands of streamers out there probably millions, um, and they all do it for somewhere in between those two reasons. Now, yeah. there may be millions of them, but n not all of them are successful. No. Um, one of the questions I get a lot, and or I hear a lot if it's not asked of me, is, like, man, like they, they're just playing video games all day. How could they possibly make money is one question they get. And the other one is, wouldn't it be nice to just play video games all day and just have and just make millions of dollars, and the <laughs> the fact that the same person can be like, how is this even possible? And oh my goodness, it's so easy. Um, I mean, you're a business person. I am. How a in the world? Um, I would say an expert. Um, how do streamers make money? There are a number of different ways that streamers make money, and it gets harder and harder all the time to make money as a streamer. Back in the day, it was about advertisements, and it was about um, getting your content up on YouTube and getting it monetized. That could make you some serious money. It really could, especially if you were doing complex Let's Plays, if you had the kind of personality that people really gravitated toward, and they're like, oh my goodness, you're so entertaining, and I'm so excited to watch your content. Um, that was the the most straightforward way to make money as a streamer and content creator. Mm -hmm. These days, it is a little bit more challenging. So you can, on both Twitch and on, um, on, on Mixer, after a certain amount of time, you can start to cultivate uh, a partnership with that platform. So you have to choose one. That's the thing. Is that you can't be a Twitch platform, you can't be a Twitch partner and a Mixer partner. You got to pick one. You, mm -hmm. you don't get to do both. Eventually, you got to pick one. Eventually, you got to pick one. It's okay to stream on multiple platforms for a for a long time if you don't care about partnership, but that partnership ends up unlocking a few more monetization options for you. So on Twitch, they have um, a whole bunch of different options to make money as a partnered streamer, including like, you know selling emotes and um, subscribing costs money. And mm -hmm. it's the same kind of thing over on Mixer is they have different kinds of things that you can purchase to support your streamer. Um, in some cases, you can purchase games through a streamer mm -hmm. and that they get a cut of that money. Um, so, there's, so there's that Twitch level and Mixer level partnership that is the next step up. And then even on top of that is if you're really on top of your game as a content creator, you can start having conversations with brands. 
and you can start having conversations with publishers. Publishers work with content creators all the time in order to create content around new games, new and upcoming games. Mm -hmm. Apex Legends was a really, really, really big deal because a bunch of prominent streamers were paid a sick amount of money in order to play Apex Legends. And these are folks that were at the top of their game for, for some of the most popular games in the world, including Fortnite. They left Fortnite for like two weeks and played only Apex Legends because they were paid to do so. They were paid thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yep. If not tens of thousands of dollars, we're looking at six figures. For some of, of them, yeah, man. For some of them. So, but it takes a ton of time and a ton of effort in order to get to a point where you're being paid anything at all for any kind of engagement. There are some instances where you can start to connect with publishers, you can get free games that you can put on your stream to, you know, to do a let's play or or whatever. You can work with popular brands like you can you can work with Astro. Astro Gaming has their has their own affiliates and that's great, but that's a very complicated program to become a a partner in because it's very much so about relationships so if you've never used an astro headset and you're not actually a part of their community already you're gonna have a really tough time finding a partnership there because they're all about connection um so yeah those are the different kinds of ways that you can make money and then there's also the additional revenue stream of merchandise merchandise is big i was told today that i need to put together enamel pins for ready player mom and t-shirts for ready player mom and it was the first revival episode so apparently i'm on to something um Um, you do we have uh, engagement we have to do the same thing we've talked about this i need unmitigated hype monster t-shirts yes you absolutely do i i look forward to making those t-shirts for you um (laughs) um well i i appreciate the idea of you doing that because i don't know how to do that so um we can work together um, I like it. Like we've been. The, um, and, one thing, and, and another factor, you know, all the things you talked about, another thing is scale. Oh, and, God. It and that's so a big piece of it. Scale? Is the, um, like, so you've talked, like, you have the, you know, you talk about these partnerships and, you know, the, the time. Like, the, one of the things that is hard to really fathom unless you're sitting on the side of the screen that you are. Right, like you sit behind the the camera, you know, in front of the camera. But for those for folks that don't really pay attention to it, like we're talking, some of these folks have tens of thousands of people. Some of some of these streamers have. Okay, I think I'm back. Okay, some of these streamers have tens of thousands of people watching them at any given time and that's the exactly yes thank you for the the specific term um and that right like that's huge uh, that's huge and very hard to get right um you know that's a lot of hard work and that is a lot of time not just sitting in your seat playing games but hustling so you're hustling you're pounding the digital pavement and you are marketing yourself to the right people um yeah you know this is like it's it's really really difficult to go from zero to partnership let alone zero to a million followers like that's a very very arduous road and a lot of people are not going to be able to walk it all the way to the end Mm -hmm. either because they don't have the personality to carry a stream for any amount of time and you know what that's okay if you just want to stream because you think a game is cool and you want to talk about it i think that's rad i think everybody should stream and i think that everybody should talk about video games i think that any gatekeeping especially around video content is very silly there's no reason for it I don't think everybody should be a journalist. Well, that's different. <laughs> but, I think, but I think everybody should be talking about their favorite video games a lot and often. I think that there is there's something so rewarding about telling those stories and having those conversations. But if you think that anybody thinks that it is an overnight success thing, if Ninja was an overnight success, you are absolutely wrong. Ninja is an excellent player. He really is. He's, you know, maybe not at the top of his game competitively, but he's really fun to watch from what I understand. He is. I don't, I don't care for watching Fortnite streams. I enjoyed the Fortnite World Cup a lot, but I don't imagine myself sitting down and watching Fortnite on the regular. I could watch 
Overwatch on the regular. I love watching Overwatch streams. Um, but that's very different. So, I mean, yeah, it, scale for stuff like that is... We're, you're looking at the very beginning, you're looking at like 12, 16 hour days to mm -hmm. really get started because you're going to have to go for long periods of time sitting down and streaming at your computer while people start to learn your name. If you take days off, people are going to forget about you because they're going to be moving on to the next thing and mm -hmm. the next popular, you know, the next popular thing. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of FOMO. So there's a lot of fear of missing out all over the place in streaming. And there's a lot of un, like unsustainable practices where you have to be really careful, especially like as older folks, like we can't bloody well sit down for anything longer than like four plus hours without a break. Like that's nuts. It's crazy. It absolutely is. And the, the, the this is kind of the, the story that I tell folks because I had this actual discussion, and this is one of the reasons why this I was inspired to talk about this topic. Number one, because today was the revival of Ready Player Mom. However, um, the other day, uh, it was last Thursday, I think it was, um, the office that I'm in, of which I am the youngest, which actually says something when I'm the young... Yeah, exactly. Also, thanks, Amanda. But but yes, when I'm the the spring you chicken, finished it. you already finished insulting me. I don't feel so bad. Oh come on! Kitchen went back. On I you. just no, absolutely not. Insulting. I called you a little extra. Come on, I called you a little extra. And and anyway, we're we're fake fighting, guys. So, <laughs> um, last week, the they they somebody was talking about something and. They, and we, I do a thing called office hours where I talk to them uh, where there's an hour of every day where they can talk to me about stuff that the young folk do. The young folk. I mean, that's what I say it, but I do that really just to be kind of condescending. But, like, we have had discussions about pronouns and we've had discussions. And so we, we, we talk about, like, progressive social justice stuff. And I have explained how to use pronouns to them. To their credit, they've gotten better. Um, but some, most of the time, it's about technology. Um, and I, I talked to them and I explained, well, this is kind of what a day of a, of a streamer slash YouTuber is, right? Like they get up, they make their stream, but then when they're done streaming, they have to get on their emails because they got to talk to their their contacts to try and get their next game set up. They got to work with a sponsor. And if you think you can just make a deal with a sponsor and just all of a sudden you have like all this merch sitting in your house and like, no, that takes time. You have to read contracts. You have to write contracts. You have to negotiate for yourself. I'm sitting in an eWins racing chair that was a deal that I negotiated with eWins. Now, I am not big time. You guys know that. We're, um, we're rocketing to, towards great success. But I'm a relatively small, small time content creator. I've just been around a long time and have a great community, and they knew that. But that took a lot of time, you know? I mean, relatively. And then we're talking about a couple hundred dollar chair. But, like, somebody's going to pay Ninja $300,000 or just some made-up number to play Apex Legends for two weeks. You better believe that he has an attorney looking at those numbers or, at the very least, you know, his wife, right? Like, there's a lot of work going into it. Um, and so that's there's a lot of time that goes in when they're not in front of a camera. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like playing in the NFL, right? Like, if your kid says they want to play in the NFL, we don't laugh at them. They say yeah. they want to play professional baseball, we don't laugh at them. We tell them to play baseball. If your kid says they want to be a streamer, um, maybe don't let them drop out of school, Right? <laughs> Like, maybe we don't do that, but they're, it, it is not impossible, right? If they're good on a camera and they're good at playing games, uh, I say, let them try it. Um, I think my, my advice is um, they don't need a camera. Uh, they can play a video game for you. True. And you can decide whether or not it's entertaining. Um, and maybe you'll be not the best judge, but you'll get an idea. Because they, here's, here's the hint. If they play and they don't say a word... Maybe they can do pick up a freelance gig at longplays.org. But but as but on streamer, but as a streamer, it's not gonna cut it. 
you got to be able to play yeah. and talk at the same time. So it's true. So that's that's just some of the streaming stuff. Thank you, Amanda, for talking about this with me. Of course. Um, admittedly, you were kind of trapped on the podcast with me, so you, you know whatever we talked about. But this was I thought it was a good time to talk about it. Streaming yes. has never been bigger. It's never going away. So if you have if no. you're listening, you have like this idea that it's some kind of fad or whatever. It's not. It's definitely not. It's like podcast. Ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. It's like podcasts. A lot of folks thought podcasts were going away. Podcasts are only going to get more important. Um, And they're already very important. Already, but they're. It's just going to get bigger. Um, And so streaming is a sim is the same way. Um, And also, when your girlfriend's doing Lularoe sales and selling leggings, guess what she's doing? She's live streaming. So don't forget that. Um, so anyway, although I don't think anybody does that anymore, I think Lululemon's probably gone, but you know, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes, I made a leggings reference, um, because I live in a really weird place. So, Amanda, would you believe me if I told you that that was episode 212 of the Engaged Family Amy podcast? Pretty great. Um, you do believe it because you were there the whole time. It's true. Everybody, I do hope you enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording it. We're going to be back next week to talk about board games with Linda. And we're going to talk about Toy Fair and some cool announcements like a new Munchkin game and some other cool stuff. Um, yeah. Um, and, but until then. I do have one favor that I'd like to ask. Everyone listening to this show knows one person, at least, who must hear this podcast. They may not know they must, but they must. My request to you is take this link and message it to them, text them, write it down on you know parchment and leave it in their, uh, in their mailbox. I'm not really sure how you do it, but just get it to them. A bigger audience for us means bigger opportunities, bigger guests. And you know, all sorts of other, you know, it just makes the party bigger, and that's what we're looking for. So, uh, we would very much appreciate that. And until next time, the other thing I want is for you to not forget to get your family game on. We'll be back next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. We did. It. We did. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.